0: I want to say this as we go to the scripture. I believe for far too many of us, we've been existing. You've been existing. You've been existing. And you have not lived yet. But I want to prophesy this even at the beginning of this message, because I believe at the end of this month, we're going to have some great, great testimonies. This inaugurates the season where you will begin to live. I I declare it in the name of Jesus. That whole hum existence of yours, I am canceling that season. I am calling that season to a close in the name of Jesus. This is the season where you are going to awake and you're going to shake yourself and you're going to live your best life. Can I prophesy to somebody in this room? I give you my apostolic authority to live your best life. You don't have to live under the expectations and the worries and the word of other people. I rebuke every word assassin that has spoke hatred and evil and malice in your life. And I release the spirit of life to come upon you in the name of Jesus. For he said, I come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. I dare you to push somebody and say live. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine. For that is debauchery but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting one to another out of reverence for Christ. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There's some expressions that we need to give clarity to in this text before we go deeper uh, into the content of this sermon. When Paul says walk, the first thing that we have to understand there, that expression walk, that means the lifestyle of the believer. Whenever you read in the scripture and you see the word walk, is not just talking about your literal walk or the literal pace of movement. What he's actually referring to is the lifestyle that you have. So God is very concerned with your walk. God is very concerned with your lifestyle. He's concerned with the way you live your life. I need to, I need to uh, insert this here because I know that we live in such a free culture and a free society where it, it's, it's as if everything is permissible. We can do any and everything we want to do. We can live and be however we want to be. And that's okay. But I need you to understand that as a believer, it still matters how you live your life. Yes. Can we contextualize this? As a believer, it still matters what your Facebook page looks like. Yes. Hallelujah. As a believer, it still matters how you come out your house. Yes. Even on vacation. Even in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. What I, what I urge you to do is not to live under restriction, but to live in discipline. Not restriction, not restriction, not restriction. Live in discipline. we're going we gonna to dig more dig deeper into this, but whenever the Bible says, Walk. It talks about the lifestyle of the believer. I'm not saying you can't do this, that, and the other. What I'm saying is, is that you need to live in discipline. On Wednesday night in prayer, the Lord gave us a word, and the word that He gave us was that we need to discipline ourselves in the place where we express great liberty. Now, I don't know what that place is for you. That's what you're going to have to discuss and consider when you get home today. But you have to look at your life and ask, where am I very liberal? You know, we, we, we read the scripture and we heard that the, the apostle Paul teaches us that all things are lawful, but they may not necessarily be expedient. So you have to make sure that you are disciplining yourself in the areas, especially where you show the most liberty, where you stretch out a little further then you probably should, and you put that I'm grown stamp on it. Amen. But we have to ask ourselves, is this what God would want? Is this the will of the Father? Should I be here? Should I go here? Should I engage in this activity? He says, I want you to consider. I want you to think about. I want you to look at the way you walk. The next word he uses is wise. He says, "Don't be unwise," but he says, "I want you to be wise." When he says to be wise, listen to this, and this is, this is. I think this is worthy of a screenshot. Uh, it says, "When we are wise, we we are having an attitude that is imperative to the moment, not simply an outpouring of our emotions." Wisdom speaks of having an attitude that is imperative for the moment, and not simply an outpouring of our emotions. How many things have we broken simply because we responded the wrong way? How many opportunities have we lost? How many doors, when God did all his good work opening them, we with our mouth and our attitude shut them? We have to make sure that we are operating in wisdom and we ask ourselves, we ask of the spirit of God that resides in us, what is the most appropriate Attitude that I need to have in this moment. What is most imperative in this moment? Not simply an outpouring of our emotions because your emotions will change. Wisdom doesn't. Wisdom is wisdom. Come on. There's many of y'all that had a finger wave once. It felt good. Some of y'all had that asymmetrical bob once, once you did, and then it felt good, but it may not be imperative for the moment. Some of y'all had cross colors on. Some of y'all were walking around with your clothes turned backwards, because you were the miggity, 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 Mac daddy. You, some of you, you know, y'all, you, there, there was something that, you know, it, it felt good, but times change, seasons change, your emotions will change. But wisdom won't. So before you pop off at the mouth. Before you mess up a good thing. Before you you cancel out your future. Because of your feelings. Ask for wisdom. God I feel like popping them in their mouth. But tell me. Hallelujah. (laughs) How should I respond? Some, some, some of y'all should just put a band-aid on your lip because you're going to be biting it a lot in this new season. I, I, I'm just declaring right now. Some, some of y'all better get used to how your lip tastes because you're going yeah, to be biting it a lot. You're going to be holding your tongue because you are operating in wisdom now. And because many of us have operated many, uh, uh, much of our life with diarrhea of the mouth. And when we got tired of mama telling us to shut up, we got out of their house. And we went into somebody else's house only to find that they want us to shut up too. And we strive and some of us are working not because we want things. Some of us are working and we're on our own just so that we don't have to shut up. Because I paid for this and I can talk all out. world too. Marry somebody, they're going to tell you to shut up. The reality is, is that we have, we have to use wisdom, know when to speak, and know when to be silent, know what action to engage in, and know what actions to reserve. When he says that that he doesn't want us to walk unwise, but rather he wants us to walk wise, he says, I want you to have an attitude that is imperative to the moment. Not simply an outpouring of your emotions. The next term he uses here is foolish. He says, he says don't, don't, don't be foolish. Now, this is what foolishness speaks of. Those who move off fleshly inclinations rather than spiritual revelation. You have to stop moving, family, off of your fleshly inclination. You got to stop that. And here it is, fleshly inclinations could be motivated by what other people say. I'm very, I'm very careful of the people I get advice from. Thank God. In the name of Jesus. I've been married 13 years. Hallelujah. I'm trying to trying to get another 13. Glory to God. If this girl, keep acting right. We'll be okay. Amen. No, it's we good. But seriously. Uh, I've never listened to single people. Y'all pray for me. I don't listen to them. That's that's like really single, chronically single. What 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 wisdom do you have for me, fam? I I don't want to be a bachelor. I I I don't I don't want to be a player no more. I'm not, in that, I'm not in that vein of life. If you want to be wise, here's, here's what the Bible says, go to the wise. If you, if you want to have revelation, go to the people that God is constantly revealing himself to. Here's how you know who should be a good source for revelation. Uh, one, we should be seeking the spirit of God in his word. But we should also seek those who rightly divide it and who speak it with clarity. Stop listening to the prophecies of a prophet that don't come to pass. I'm praying for false prophets in this season because Facebook is telling them all off. Instagram is showing folk to be false prophets. I'm also praying for them false prophets in your family. I'm, I'm, pray, I'm praying for the people who, who want to prophesy to you and who want to who give you all this spiritual depth, but don't take any spiritual responsibility for you. you. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You know, you, you, you have a whole lot of bishops until it get rough. You will have a thousand pastors and a thousand prophets until life hits life. And then 310-402-3085 shall we call. Because we're realizing that all that talk was simply talk. I need to make sure that I'm connected to somebody who knows Jesus for real. And who has a direct connection to them and their words come to pass. Don't give me all these fake prophecies because you're trying to make me feel good. Or you're trying to erect a false sense of spiritual supremacy in my life. Because I'm going to test your word. The reality is, is that we will always have a feeling that we should do something. And I and I and I, I I thank God for all these people that say, follow your heart and 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 you know do what you feel lies. You read this Bible, this Bible says your heart is deceitful and wicked. That's what this Bible says. Your heart black like night. And if Jesus' blood don't wash over it and cleanse it, it's going to lie to you. Amen. My regenerated heart has lied to me. Maybe it's just me. Okay, Amen. My regenerated heart, my saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost heart has told me to kill people. Because my heart was still in my flesh. And as long as your heart and your flesh are still connected, you can't trust everything that comes from it. So instead of listening to your heart, you better listen to the God of your heart. You better listen to the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And if you got somebody in your life that cares about you enough to confront you, that cares about you enough to tell you the truth, get off of your high horse, humble yourself, and listen. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. I've sat sat in the scenario talking to young people about the relationship and how they should not do so. And then have to sit and hold and christen the baby that they had with a dude that they can't stand. I've sat in the counseling office with people and I said, y'all not ready. But they skip me and go on and get married anyway. And now I'm divorce counseling. That's not, that's not, that don't make me happy. Do not allow yourself to move off your fleshly inclinations. He gonna change. No, he not. He came in lying. He gonna go out lying. She was thottish when you met her. Nothing going to change. You are not the only person she going to kiss, fella. Understand that. You can't just move off your fleshly inclinations because they will lie to you. They will misinform you. You operate off revelation. I didn't marry Karen because of her physique at uh, 20. It was nice. But listen, I had to hear from God. You can't move off what you see. You have to move off what you hear. You need to know that God has said so. Not that you're saying so. Because here's what I love about God and I hate about humanity. God speaks to us in a voice that is understandable. But when our desires are inflamed, they sound just like him. I'm going to say that one more time. God will speak to humans in a way that is understandable. He's going to speak to you in a voice that you can understand. But when your desire comes and overshadows all the wisdom around you, your desire will sound like God. And this is why you need godly people in your life. This is why you have to make up in your mind that I'm going to give you the power to tell me yes or no. I trust the God in you. I trust you enough to where if you see something I don't see, I trust your spirit. I'm not trying trying to go deeper than, than I should, but you need to have somebody that has a veto card in your life. This is a really good idea. I'm about to put all my money into it. You need to have somebody that you trust enough to hear God from them. The next word we got to define is debauchery. It describes the condition when mind and body are dragged down so as to be disabled or incapable of spiritual functions. This is where we got to be careful. Because if you keep doing it, God will let you live it. Some of us are saved, but still flirt with sin. Some of us love Jesus, but really still love other stuff too. And our love for Christ has not become supreme in our life. He says, I will allow you, if you're not careful, to fall into a place to where you are dragged down to a place to where you are no longer incapable of spiritual functions. So now your spirit can't even be trusted. It's going to get better, I promise, in the name of Jesus. Do not allow yourself to go here, because now people are saying, and many times, and I, I thank God for my apostolic brothers and sisters who say, so see, this scripture said you should never drink wine. Uh, not exactly. What the scripture says is that you should not be drunk with it. And now, for those of us who are really excited about that uh, approbation, amen, get my bottle tonight. Hold on. What he says is don't be drunk with wine. You cannot allow wine, spirits, or any controlling substance to take rule over you. When you can't count the cups no more, When you start seeing double, when your tongue get really loose, and here's the thing, it's not just about the liquid, the wine you smoke, the wine you sleep with, because there's wine there too. Be careful that you don't allow any of this stuff to make you drunk. I hope she's watching live stream. There were some things that I was drunk with. And all the wisdom that, that, that they would give me, I wouldn't try to hear that. Because I was drunk. I had allowed myself to fall in such a place to where I no longer had spiritual functionality. Watch it, family. No matter how young or how old you are. You have to make sure that you are not intoxicated. Some of us need to, right now, where we are, give ourselves a spiritual sobriety test. Because if I'm sober, there's certain ways I'm not going to talk to people. If I'm sober, there's certain certain places I'm not going to go. If I'm sober, there's certain things I'm not going to do. But if I'm saying those things, I'm going those places, I'm doing those things, I may be drunk. Some of us need to take a spiritual breathalyzer like shh, shh. Am I talking right, God? Am I a little off here? The speaking, the singing, the making and giving and submitting, it all is it, it speaks of the spiritual condition of the one who is filled with the spirit. He says, I want you to, I want you to, to sing. I want you to speak in psalms. I want you to sing to one another. I want you to make mentally in your heart. I, I, I want you to give thanks to God. That's, that's how we all operate. That's how we all operate. Look, look what the scripture says. Look what the scripture says in, in, in verse 18. I mean, no matter fact, 19. It says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. Giving thanks always to everything, for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is, submitting one to another out of reverence for Christ. And this is the concept that I want to leave with you. Everybody shout Reverence. The first principle that you got to take with you, the first value that you got to take with you this week and, and, and starting in this month, that we're going to live lives that are worth living. We are going to live in reverence. One of the reasons why we have missed the blessings of God is because even in the house of God, we are irreverent people. You remember when people who had drink in their hand and the preacher came by? Y'all remember what you used to do? Oh, here go the river. Hey, river, <laughs> how you doing today? God bless you. It 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 used to be when a when a when a mother was walking down the street. Oh, right. Come on, we take our smoker. Oh, sh- hold on, hold on, hold on. Good morning, Sister Parker. <laughs> you went to church today. Pastor preached good, huh? Nice hat. God bless you. But we have lost reverence. Come on, you talk to your mama crazy now. Be careful how we have allowed ourselves to become irreverent. Irreverence is a product of overcomfort. We get too comfortable, we become irreverent. We get too chill, we get too relaxed, we get too common. Then we start calling folk by their first name. We start start walking past and not saying hello. We we start summing them up and comparing them to ourselves. I I can do what they can do. They put on their pants just like I do. And slowly but surely we lose reverence for one another. And God cannot bless anybody who is irreverent. So let's, 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 let's go deeper in this. There's several things that we need to reverence. Number one, we need to understand, and th- this is, uh, I, 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 all, all, this, all, all this past month, I've been reading this amazing book called The Art of Living uh, by, by, by this, this, this German philosopher who lived in the early 1900s. His name is, is Diedrich von Heldenbrand. And he says, reverence uh, in the attitude can be uh, designated as the mother of all moral life. For in it, man first takes a position towards the world that opens his spiritual eyes and enables him to grasp values. He also goes on to say that reverence as a basic moral attitude stands at the beginning of all religion. It is the basis for the right attitude for men towards themselves, their neighbors, every level of being, and above all, God. Peep this. If you don't have real reverence in your heart, you don't know how to deal with yourself. You don't know how to deal with your neighbor. You don't know how to deal with varying levels. And you sure enough can't deal with God. We need to regain a sense of reverence. In order to live a life worth living. So how do we reference God? We reference God through, everybody shout, obedience. obedience. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. This is powerful to me. Listen to what Samuel says. Has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to listen than the fat of rams. Fam, you got to obey God. The season is over for folk making excuses for you why you're not obeying God. Parents, parents, I call you to consciousness right now. You are allowing your children to live in disobedience. Some of you, because of your remorse of your disobedience. And you felt that since you got away with it, or you felt that you were overly disciplined in your life because of your disobedience, you give your children variances. I'm speaking in the spirit. You have to call them to obedience. And the way you can call your children to be obedience is by you starting to be obedient. There's some things you've been told to do. That in your grown adult self, you have determined why you don't have to. But if you want to be who God called you to be, at one point in time in your life, you're going to have to become grown enough to say, I have to do this. Because this is right, and this is the will of God. You're going to have to obey. You have to obey. And understand that as we stand here as spiritual authorities, I'm not telling you to do what seems right to James. I got enough kids to parent. Praise the Lord. A lot of them. I have. I promise. But the reality is, as we give godly instruction, you are to obey the word of the Lord. If it lines up with the Bible, do it. If I'm talking crazy and there's no Bible in it, forget it. Samuel says to the people, I don't want all this singing and dancing. All this shouting, nah, 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 thank you. But if you go out and keep living a life that is contrary to the will of God, he's not hearing you anyway. Your obedience is what solidifies God's audience. He says, I'm only going to hear you if you obey me. Now, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about moving forward in Christian living. Now, you can claim baby status for only so long. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just learning the Bible. You didn't, listen. You have been in this church. It's been kids that been, been born when you got here. And they at school. So how you still baby and, and they five. You was at their christening. Now, you, listen, we got, everybody shout obey. What did the Lord say? Do that. Is it hard? Yes. Does it contradict your flesh? Absolutely. But do you want to succeed? Do you want to move to the next level in your life? Do you want to stop circling this wagon of relationships? Do you want to stop going around this? How many times have you looked at the year mark of your life and been so pissed off that you go into a season of depression because you look at the calendar last year and you were dealing with the same foolishness last year that you're dealing with this year, not that God didn't deliver you, but because you had to listen to do what he told you to do and get the... Okay, all right. Because he back at your house? Don't allow your disobedience to keep you from the blessings of God. Move forward. Shout one more time. Obey. Obey. I call you to consciousness this week. I, if, if I be a man of God, I believe the Holy Ghost is going to prick your heart this week with very clear instruction. He's going to talk to you with a clear voice. And he's going to challenge everything in your grown self. And he's going to call you to obey him in a very particular way. Now, the choice is yours if you want to succeed or not. Because he can't trust you to, with success if he can't trust you with his instruction. So, we reverence God through obedience. But how do we reverence ourselves? We reverence ourselves, listen to this, by allowing our destiny to overshadow our desires. We we, we reverence ourselves by allowing our destiny to overshadow our desires. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10. He says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Now, let me help some of you because some of you uh, have, have been preached to and you've been given false theology. That, that your blessing is free. All you got to do is dance for it. All you got to do is name it and claim it. Peep this. Salvation is free. Destiny calls. You can dance till your feet are broken. You're not going to get your destiny unless you earn it. He told the children of Israel, I gave y'all manna and, 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 I, and I fed y'all in the wilderness Because I'm your daddy, I gotta take care of you. But you're not gonna get this promised land until y'all ready. You have to know that we reverence ourselves by allowing our destiny to overshadow our desire. Some of us are succumbed by the immediacy of the moment. We want what we want now. I believe it is my destiny to be ripped as Kevin Hart I believe it forget you I believe it but as long as I eat cake as long as I put on my grill whatever I want to eat sister Tasha can send me all the apps She can bring alkaline water and deliver it to my doorstep every week. TK can call me every week to come to her garage. As long as I keep thinking about my desire and not my destiny, this gut shall I have. And I use myself so y'all can laugh so you don't feel so bad about why you still haven't got what God promised you years ago. I want to bring some levity to the room so you don't feel depressed. Because there were promises that you were prophesied years ago. And you're trying to figure out, why have I not received what I believe I was destined to have? God says, I've been testing your heart. I've been testing your mind. I check your fruit every season. You're not ripe. You're not ready. You're real leafy. But there's no fruit. You reverence yourself by saying my destiny matters, so I'm not going to buy this. The Lord prophesied that my family is going to have a house, so I'm not just going to eat out. The Lord prophesied that I was going to have a godly relationship, so I'm not just going to respond to all these DMs. The Lord said that I was going to move forward, so I'm going to stay right where he called me to be until he tells me otherwise. You reverence yourself when you honor and you position your destiny over your desires. There's always going to be stuff that you want, but what does God desire for you to have? There's always going to be something that you see. We, we live in a consumer-based culture. And because we live in a consumer-based culture, there will always be things that pass up up, up before your eyes. The moment you buy something, you will be given ads to buy something bigger. You bought that 70-inch TV, and next week you're going to see an 82-inch. You bought the threes, and now the fours are coming out. They had a bundle deal. 20 inches. Now she got 22. Egyptian silky. There will always be another deal. But what do you want? Your deal or your destiny? Oh, y'all gonna live good. I, I declare. Oh, I feel that in my spirit. Y'all gonna live good. You gonna wear your natural hair, and you gonna fa- save your money, and you gonna mm-hmm, yeah, and you gonna shop in your means. You gonna come out of them designer stores until you got a designer house, and you gonna put them bags back, and you gonna put them shoes up, and you gonna work, and you gonna live good. I can't tell you how many billionaires drive Prius. The Lord has, the Lord has changed my dynamic and I'm starting to, to, to hang around people that are more affluent and I'm starting to see, wait a minute, you ain't got no Gucci belt on? <laughs> the several millionaires that I've hanged out with, he ain't, I, I, got, I got one that I'm doing business with right now. I've never seen him with a Jordan on. Not even one. No slides. Lands in. What? Ask yourself, what does my destiny dictate? And I'm not telling you if you got it, you got rid of it. To get rid of it, I'm telling you, understand that your destiny is an all-encompassing thing. So your mind, motives, and your actions all have to come in alignment in order for you to see and pursue your destiny. Here's a tough one. Here's a tough one. How do we reverence authorities? <laughs> we submit to them. Oh, I didn't lost my church. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Titus three one. I, you go on back to sabbatical, pastor. You just don't go get one more weekend. Maybe you do better next time. Listen, to what Paul says to his son Titus. He says, "Remind them." To be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and to be ready for every good work. Now, notice the caveat that he says for every good work. Now, you do not have to obey or submit to wrongdoing. You do not have to submit to wrongdoing. You have a biblical mandate not to submit to somebody telling you to do wrong. That's the scripture. Good work. But for most of us, the issue is not a matter of right or wrong. The issue is a matter of our comfort. And so if you submit, now, yeah, let's, get, let's, let's, let's put it on the table. Because some of us feel like the people that we're submitting to are wrong. Submit the application anyway. And if they are wrong, it is God who does the approval or disapproval. See, when we try to pass judgment on people in that regard, we take the seat of God. You didn't assign them to that place. Did you consecrate them? Did you anoint them? Did you hire them? Did you put them before you? Have they been there longer than you? And if so, we have to submit to them. Now, here's a hard caveat in that as well. You can't expect anybody to submit to your leadership. So quiet. If you don't submit to anybody else's. I love what Dr. R.A. Vernon says. Don't tell me who you're over until you tell me who you're under. You have to make sure you're being submissive. Please don't think if you were knucklehead and you never listened to your mama. That your kids just going to fall in line. No, they're going to be hard headed just like you were. And you better find it. Mama, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mama. Hey, mama, mama, listen. Can I clean your house today? (laughs) You honor authority by submitting to it. And if it's ungodly, he will reveal it. He will bring him down. I'm not worried one bit about 45. Because my Bible say that God put up kings. Keep reading the scripture. And he pulled them jokers right back down. The Bible also says that the ungodly will not even have a memory among the righteous. I worry about this, brother. Have your turn. Enjoy. Because you're getting out that house. But that does not mean that you stop submitting to authority. Did Did you cash your income tax check? Did you get that direct deposit and spend it? You have to submit to authority. I know this is hard. I know this is tough. That boss, you cannot stand. Do you still get the check, though? Cuss all you need to in the break room. Don't cuss in the break room. Don't cuss in the break room, church. They got cameras in there, y'all. Don't cuss in there. Don't cuss in there. But seriously, find your place of submission. Because if God be God, you will have to sit in that seat. And as lovable as you are right now on the same level, the moment you get elevation, Joseph's brothers going to come out. Wait a minute. You're going to have Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem coming among you. And so you better make sure that you are submitting to authority because I declare that you will be in authority one day. You will be an authority one day. And the way you treat the authorities that you're under is the way that your subordinates will treat you. For the Bible declares, whatsoever man soweth. Thank you, Mama Angela. Lastly, how do we reverence humanity? Through love. Through love. Through love. Paul, in his, in his letter to the church at Thessalonica, he says, I, 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 I ask that you may increase and abound in love for one another. But he, notice, he doesn't just say one another, speaking of the Christian fellowship. He doesn't just talk about the Christian community. He says, I pray that you have love for one another, but then I also pray that you have love for all. And if you ever got a problem with that love, just remember, we got the same love for you. Christ loved you first. Now, there may be people who you don't agree with their lifestyle. There may be be stance that people take that, that, that that you are fundamentally opposed to. Have your position. That's fine. But you cannot negate the responsibility that you have to love them. Feel how you want to feel about homosexuals. You have to love them. Feel how you want to feel about the alt-right movement. You still have to love them. Feel how you want to feel about the people that can't stand you. I, I read the scripture once, and it said, love your enemies. Jesus, you're cussing at me. No, I'm setting you up to live a life worth living. So Paul t- tells the church at Thessalonica, he says, as I, as I, as I prepare to leave you, I'm praying that you learn how to love all I didn't say you had to agree with their lifestyle I didn't say y'all had to be buddies I didn't say that, 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 that you had to accept everything that they're about I'm telling you to love them because when you learn how to love everybody God watch this here it is Anything you love is available to bless you. I end with a testimony. My grandfather, the late Reverend Dr. Joseph Lee Jr., the guy whose picture is in the foyer, the guy who we will immortalize in many ways, even as we, as we build and, and, and we, we, we erect new things on this community. In this community on this very corner he was ostracized by many of his closest affiliates because he had friends in every sector my grad, my grandfather had Islamic Imams in his flip phone or in his old-school Rolodex his, one of his very best friends was a, was a, was a Jewish guy named Joe Bihar. He, he, had, he had people who loved him from the unification church. He had people who loved him from all different sectors of society. And he was blessed. He had a doctor who was, who was agnostic. But because he showed the love of God to him, He said, Pastor Lee, uh, why don't you come with me to Africa? Oh, I I ain't got no money for that. I didn't ask about money. You just seem like a good guy to travel with. When you love everybody, God can open up the hearts of everybody to bless you. I'm not trying to teach you how to get over. I'm trying to teach you how to live the life God instructed you to live. I don't have any hate in my heart for anybody. You can't have any hate in your heart and see God bless you. Blessings and hatred can't reside in the same place. So he's going to challenge you this week. He's going to call you to open your heart in a new and a unique way. To people that are most certainly not like yourself. But when you see them, when you you are presented with them, when you are faced with them, you got a decision to make. Am I going to love like Jesus loves? Or am I going to hold to my own prejudice and bias and narrow the life that I'm supposed to live? We're going to dig deeper into this all month. You should leave here every week with with an assignment on how to live better because this is what God is calling us to. And I declare in the name of Jesus that as you apply these these teachings and this scripture to your life, you will live a life that's worth living. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up to you your sons and your daughters. Father, I pray right now that we will remove ourselves from the place of simply existing and we would walk into living we will live according to your scripture we will live according to your will for our lives we will obey your word we will submit ourselves to our destiny and discipline ourselves we will submit to authority and we will love all humanity because this is your will for our life And so we thank you for that, and we bless you, God. And we ask that you allow your will to be done now, in this moment, in this season, in this day. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who ready to go live? I'm excited. I'm excited. Join me. Join me, pastoral team. Listen.